Hey yo, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 happy New Year's Eve to you and happy five game slate. And depending on what site you're playing on today, maybe it's a four game slate on Superdraft. There's a two game slate and a five game slate. Yes, there is early basketball on New Year's Eve today. I will personally be back at 4 p.m. East Coast time. Personally, yes, I will on this holiday for all of you to discuss for an hour the five game slate. So be sure if you're watching this right now, I'm saying this at the front of the show in the front of the podcast and YouTube video to make sure you set yourself a little notification just by easily hitting the notification bell on YouTube, the like and subscribe, all those things, because we had almost a thousand people at 4 p.m. on a motherfucking Wednesday yesterday, tuning in to answer their questions, and everybody was printing money, whether you're in the Discord, whether I got some people shooting me some messages on Twitter, even somebody reached out on my personal Instagram. Because yes, when you play DFS with short-term memory, and that's what you should do to a certain extent, and you don't say, ah, Goran Dragic's got benched in 10 minutes in a blowout, well, then you miss out on the Goran Dragic's 40-plus point night where he puts up 26 real-life points, right? And when you say, ah, Giannis is now a 1.3 fantasy point per minute producer, he stinks this year because he's been stinking for three games and getting pulled in blowout. And Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have been having hot starts to the season. Well, then you miss out on the triple-double Giannis night where he scores 70-plus DraftKings points. So yes, hopefully you're here on the live stream to take in that. Hopefully you're here on the live stream to get some of the late news that was pretty important, whether it was Kelly Olenek becoming a nice value play as news opened up about Jimmy Butler, about news opening up just in general about that team's rotation that we saw last time out, and stayed away from some of the potentially bad shock. Now, our goal is to continue to do that. Again, I will not be covering the two-game slate. If you want information on that, you can find it somewhere else. But for right now, the main five-game slate where there's massive prize pools, we're going to be breaking it down as we usually do, injury and status dashboard, and then looking through some early interest, looking at these rotations, finding early on spots that we can pick off value. I will have projections, I will have value rankings, minutes projections, and a whole lot of other stuff that you can find out down below on my Patreon. Just follow along if you would like to. Those will be out in the early, early morning. Probably by the time you're watching this, they might already be out for you. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Before we get into it, the video is sponsored as always by Superdraft. And they're doing a nice thing today. There's a 6.30 game that's being tackled on into the DraftKings slate for a five-game slate. Superdraft is just having the four seven o'clock games and later in their slate. And I like that. You have a couple different start times. You can actually get all your DraftKings lineups in and then have still a half hour to get over to Superdraft and make sure everything is secure over there. And if you're not familiar, it's a multiplier format. We already talked about it in the chat yesterday. Some guy said that he had started his account with $100. And now I think he said he had six or $8,000 in Superdraft just through part of the NFL season. And he was not winning any money on DraftKings. Now, DraftKings is fun. If you play the right contest over there, you can win money. But it is by far, no doubt, nobody in here can, can try and contest this with me. It is way more difficult because it's a more saturated market. This is a new market in Superdraft. The contests don't fill. There's less talented people over there. There's less people actually caring and working and getting over there when news drops for the NBA. So check it out. It's a multiplier format. I have projections down below. It is not it is not salary cap based. So for example, today, John Wall has a 1.25x multiplier, meaning he gets 25% more points. Whereas DeMarcus Cousins, his teammate, both returning today, has a 1.4x multiplier. He actually gets 40% more points. So it all comes down to that multiplier. We have projections down below to help you out. My name's Sal, S-A-L. We can talk about it more in the live stream, but S-A-L will get you a free money bonus up to $1,000 rooskies. You get it as you play in a slow drip format. What are you waiting for? You're missing out on return on investment. And honestly, diversifying your bankroll and trying out some new games is just a fun thing to do, but it actually is going to give you a better ROI as well. So let's get into the injury and status dashboard filtered by team right now. We can start with the Houston Rockets because they're going to be a totally different team today. This is no longer the James Harden. Yes, 33.5% usage show. This is no longer the Christian Wood, although it might be 26% usage show, right? James Harden, 56% assist percentage so far this year. Christian Wood, total rebounding rate of 12%. Harden's even pushing a 15% rebounding rate because there's just been nobody out there. No, you're getting everybody else back now. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, all probable today with quote unquote health reasons, right? Whether it was COVID testing positive or just close contacts, they are both actually going to be able to return. All three of them return today for the first game. Ben McLemore has still been ruled out, though he has not yet played a game this season. So this is going to change some things. I mean, you have fairly decent price point, $7,100 
for John Wall, I would say he's a little bit cheap. I was expecting like 75, 78, but we don't know how he's going to factor into a team where James Harden is obviously the alpha and Christian Wood is probably the mini alpha on this team. Demarcus Cousins profiles out to be the backup center now behind Christian Wood, probably see somewhere around 20 minutes or so. These guys look very promising in the preseason between Cousins and Wall. Cousins is one of the best fantasy point producers and highest usage players, honestly, of all time. Over his last five healthy seasons, he's been a top five usage player. Now, obviously he's going to be in a totally different role, not the alpha on his team. He might not even be a top three option on this team as a backup player, but for $5,000, you could probably do worse on a slate that lacks a little bit of value. Again, he's not a superstar play, but he is going to be returning today. John Wall is fairly priced. I think that you might have a little bit of value on John Wall as well. Now going over to New York, where you're going to see a lot of what you saw the last time out here. You're going to see a lot of these guards either questionable or already ruled out. The rookie Emmanuel quickly is going to have a questionable tag by him. Frank Nielakina already ruled out with a knee. Dennis Smith Jr. already ruled out with a quad injury. And then Austin Rivers and Alec Burks are both questionable. Burks is going to have his own ankle injury and Rivers, respectfully, a groin injury. Now, this is going to be important because what we saw last time out, we've just been seeing bigger minutes for Mr. Alfred Payton. He's played the fifth most minutes on this team right now. Alfred Payton, 105 minutes so far, seeing a 24% usage rate and a 26.5% assist percentage. Only his alpha on the team right now, Julius Randle, is doing a lot more in both of those categories. Randle leading the team in both usage rate and assist percentage to this point in the season. And basically a virtual tie for defensive rebounding rate right now with Nerlings Noel. But that's just to say, nonetheless, Julius Randle is balling out. But if these guards are going to be out again, so keep an eye. I don't really care too much about quickly, but if you're going to be seeing Austin Rivers out, Alec Burks out, especially Burks can actually pick up some usage. If those guys are going to miss this game, Burks with a 25% usage rate in 82 minutes so far this season. If they're going to miss this game, that opens up even more secured minutes for Alfred Payton because they're going to really quickly fall out of having guards in this lineup. You're going to have Theo Pinson, the former net, have to step up a little bit. He's only played five minutes this year. You're going to have Kevin Knox, who says he's going to play. Reggie Bullock's going to have to take on bigger minutes. RJ Barrett and Alfred Payton are going to have to play more secure minutes. So this is actually going to be important today. Keep an eye on Austin Rivers and Alec Burks. If they're out again, it makes Alfred Payton look like a lot more secured value and secured upside at his position. And the final stuff is guys that honestly don't really play too many minutes right now from the Phoenix Sun. You're going to have the rookie Jalen Smith out there. He's only played 20 total minutes this season. And then the Dar is also going to be out, but I don't believe you've seen any minutes out in the Dar so far this year. He's still dealing with a concussion. So the big news today, watch these Knicks backup guards. And the other news is just that Houston is a totally different team now. $11,000 James Harden cannot be taken as the same James Harden you've seen as of late because no longer is he going to, even though you could argue that he performed poorly, only saw a 35% usage rate instead of like the normal 50% that we were seeing without Russell Westbrook last year. It doesn't mean he's totally out of play. Honestly, James Harden, $11,000 any night is in play, especially on a smaller slate like this that might lack a pay up options just to get yourself secured for 50 to 60 points. So he's definitely in play, but those 70 to 80 point ceilings, you have to hesitate a little bit more now, mainly because John Wall is back. We have to see how those two are going to mix together. With all that said, we can hop over to the target offense sheet, which again, if you're brand new here, and if you're listening to the podcast or YouTube channel, we don't spend too much time here. We're evaluating pace, we're evaluating the highest team totals, and then we move over to the meat of the program, the early interest, but hit that like, hit that subscribe if you're still here. But the target offense sheet right now, as you can see, basically, I got scroll out a little bit here so you can get every single one of these games on the screen for you. So it's basically just that. It's going to be some defense versus position, which is uh, honestly, depending on how you look at that static, it actually hurts you more than it could help you, but it's at least something to be aware of. And you can see I have the totals for the three o'clock and the five o'clock games. The actual highest team total is going to be in that two game slate, 119 and a half. Uh, that Washington Chicago game should look like a nice fantasy game. And then outside of that, there's one that really does stand out and it is Houston. So here it comes, right? Do you go and pay up for James Harden on a slate that lacks value with some question marks coming back? What his role is going to be? I still think 11,000 James Harden is fine to get to. Now, 117 implied total. Again, we talk about this show. How much higher is it? Is it only one or two points higher than the next highest total? No, this total is five points higher than the next highest total. So it is something to keep an eye on. By far the highest game total on the slate as well. Houston is five point favorites versus Sacramento with a 229 game total. Again, they're 117 team total is highest on the slate. Outside of that, everything basically looks the same from team totals. A lot of 111s, a lot of 110s. You have a couple of very small ones, so maybe some teams not to attack, but you can still take pieces of this game. It's all built into the projections. New York is going to have a 103 implied team total. OKC a 104.75. That's 
stuff's going to be projected into some of the players that I already have interest in. Of course, again, if they're still projected to score 104 points, it's nowhere near as good as a team that's going to score 117 points for pace reasons, for just more rebounding, blocks, steals, assists, obvious point upside. These Knicks are projected for this basically every single time out there, and you're still seeing Julius Randle drop 60 plus points in back-to-back games. So that's just a quick on the target offense sheets. The fastest pace game is actually going to be Orlando and Philly as of this point in the season, right? These teams are normally teams that don't play as quickly, especially Orlando, but you're seeing them play a little bit faster this season. Fastest pace game, and it's actually the fastest pace team right now is Orlando on the slate, and it's not popping off for that many points, which means that you could just look at the defenses on these teams. Uh, Philadelphia, maybe not the same as they thought it would be last year with some players leaving, of course, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, still a sound defensive team bringing in some other players. And also Orlando is definitely going to be a sound defensive team, especially down low and when Aaron Gordon starts to play more minutes. So that's a target offense sheet. Let's get into now the early interest. And yes, up top, you can see me starting out with Joel Embiid and not James Harden. Again, Harden at $11,000 is fine. If we get a little bit more value as the slate goes on, it'll probably be easier to get there. I don't really see too much $3,000 value unless you just want to punt like a backup center. I don't really see too much $4,000 value, right? So without a lot of value, getting up to $11,000 Harden, who of course, even with these guys can come back. I mean, this was a guy pretty repeatedly dropping 50 to 60 points with Russell Westbrook on his team last year. Soaks up a lot of usage, rebounds, assists, and even just shots in general. So I'm not too concerned who I think Westbrook is a better player than John Wall right now. I'm not too concerned about that. Christian Wood being there takes away a little bit, but still Harden is fine to play if we get value. Right now, we don't have value. This is an interesting slate because look, it's a five game slate. There's only one guy right now in the 11K range, only one guy in the 10K range, only one guy in the 9K range who looks like, in my opinion, a very bad play, $9,200 Ben Simmons. So your pickings to come up top, it's naturally a balanced build. We get a lot of styles, stars and scrubs are natural build. You're just going to have way more natural builds today unless a very good value play opens up for you. And if that happens, maybe you can get to both Joel Embiid and James Harden. So right now I'm going to start it off with Joel Embiid up top. I do like Joel Embiid today, and I do like the way that Joel Embiid is playing, especially the minutes. The big thing for Embiid is the minutes. We've seen in the past, like two years ago, and really last year, when he tried to come out and have his MVP type season, he started out early, very good, and then he slowed the season down with injuries and just sitting some games out or whatever it might be, not taking the season seriously, getting out of shape, whatever it might be, the reports came out. Now, this season is a little different. In those seasons, they were kind of, you know, still trusting the process, limiting him to like these 32 minute games, uh, 34 minutes in the best games possible. We've seen him now play 35 or more minutes in two out of the first three games for Philadelphia this year. He's sporting the fourth most minutes on the team at 103 minutes, a 31.5% usage rate by far leads this team right now. And a 28% defensive rebounding rate is one of the highest in the leagues, but a total rebounding rate when you factor in offensive rebounds right now of 14%. He's averaging 1.54 fantasy points per minute. That's fantastic. Now, Joel Embiid, maybe he gets closer to 1.45, 1.5. But if he is going to play in this range of 1.45, 1.5, which I think he is going to for most of the season, the big difference now for him is that the minutes come up. Now, if you're normally playing 32 or 34, okay, you're constantly scoring somewhere around 50 points. That's pretty damn good. You have those ceiling performances and you score 55 to 60. But if he's going to constantly play 35 minutes and have this usage with a fantasy point per minute at 1.5 to be exact, that's going to be fantastic. And his price point should really be closer to James Harden. So yes, $10,000 Joel Embiid is in play for me. Now this next guy is probably somebody that I just really want to put on here to, to glout a little bit, to puff out our chest because we were on Julius Randle basically all season long. And last year he was not so great. They were saying that they were changing some stuff with Julius Randle, some stuff with Alfred Payton, if you can trust in Tibbs, their new head coach there. And it has looked fantastic. Julius Randle dropping a triple double in the last game, scoring basically 30 fantasy points for DraftKings in the first quarter has now had back-to-back 60 plus point performance games from DraftKings perspective. And he's doing exactly what he did last year. Early on last year, there was only two players, basically Luka Dantich and Julius Randle to lead their teams in total rebounding rate, to lead their teams in assist percentage and usage rate. He has a 28% usage rate, leads this team. He has right now a 34% assist percentage, by far leads this team over Alfred Payton's 26%. And his defensive rebounding rate is 21.3%. His total rebounding rate is 14.5%. So he leads this team right now in defensive rebounding rate, basically a virtual tie with the backup center, which small sample, 
Nerlings Noel. So he's been fantastic. Now his price point is up $8,800. People are going to see the back-to-back 60 burgers. I assume on a smaller slate, he'll probably be higher on than he should be. So I'm okay to get away from Julius Randle right now, but just know that everything he's been doing, averaging 1.3 fantasy points per minute, they're letting him play huge minutes. He was hot in that last game. They were hunting the triple-double towards the end of it, really in the third quarter, and they let him play 44 minutes in a close game. Can this game stay close? Because we've seen in games that don't stay close, they're going to pull their starters. And that's what happens for any NBA team when you're down by 20 or 30. Much different opponent than Cleveland last time out is going to be Toronto in terms of keeping a game close or potential blowout risk. But Julius Randle at 8,800, if you want to play him, I can't really complain with you. Everything that's happening right now for him, leading his team in every single category, including minutes right now, leads his team by three minutes over RJ Barrett with 151. Yeah, he looks great right now. I think it might be a nice spot to jump off, especially when Joel Embiid is just $1,200 more. But if you want to get there, that's fine. I think it could potentially be a nice spot to jump off. I think we've we've picked apart the 260 burgers, maybe get away from it now. I, I do like Vucevic here. Nikola Vucevic, I think it was two games ago, became the all-time leading scorer for the Magic. This was a guy who was just kind of thrown into like a Philadelphia deal. Wasn't really thought to be much. Now he's the all-time leading scorer, which is pretty cool. Leads this Magic team in minutes right now. Uh, has a 24% usage rate so far this year. Leads them in point per minute production. 1.38 fantasy points per minute for Vooch. A guy who you're probably going to see play 35 minutes or so. He's very quietly been super consistent this year. He's never been a guy who's going to get you 70 points. Really never going to get you 60 points. But he will basically consistently drop you 45 to 55 points. And honestly, at $8,700, what more can you ask for? You're getting a ton of consistency by rostering the center from Orlando today. I like what you're getting out of him so far this season. I like the fact that you're also seeing a 17% assist percentage and a 32% rebounding rate on the defensive side. He's getting everything. Aaron Gordon right now playing staggered with him, still playing limited minutes as well and not even playing in some of these games also helps for a rebounding rate. Nobody else is down there. Everybody else is basically clearing out. So $8,700 Nikola Vucevic also looks lovely. We now get to Mr. Shea Gilchrist Alexander, who a lot of people here, if you've been watching this show, basically every single time I've done a video, I've recommended Shea Gilchrist Alexander, which at this point would be three times. And in all those times, he basically benefited or he kind of broke even. He scored 46.5 fantasy points, 40 fantasy points, and 41 fantasy points. Basically every single one of those times, he either 5x for you or he did a little bit better than that. But he's playing nice minutes, 34, 36, and 33 to be exact. And he has not popped off yet. I'm going to say this until it happens. And I think it's probably going to happen either today or very soon, especially in this matchup against New Orleans. There's no more Drew Holiday there to make it a little bit easier of a defensive matchup against a guy like Eric Bledsoe, who's going to be in. But Shea is going to lead this team with 104 minutes by 10 minutes more than anybody else. He by far leads the team in usage at 31%. And expect that number to probably go up as the season goes on. His fantasy point per minute production is good, but it is going to get better. 1.22 fantasy point per minute production on a 33% assist percentage and a 13% defensive rebounding rate. He's a good rebounding guard. If he plays just the minutes that we expect him to play a little bit higher up in closer games, 36 minutes instead of 33. Once he starts getting those extra couple minutes, once he starts shooting a little bit more efficiently, right? And that 1.22 fantasy point per minute production goes up to 1.3 or even 1.28. That might not sound like a big difference, but it's going to matter. We saw that production come last time out. He shot eight of 10 from the field, right? And in just 33 minutes, he goes out there, seven assists, seven rebounds, doesn't pick up any steals and blocks and scores over 41 fantasy points, more than five X's for you. Look great. The two games before that, he was only shooting one of six from three and one of seven. When the volume, the volume, right? We saw 20 attempts and 21 attempts in the first two games. Game three, he shoots very efficient, 80%, but only gets 10 shots. He's half those shots. That volume is going to balance out. He's going to shoot 16 or 18 times. And he's eventually going to shoot 60% on those shots in a game where he gets a little bit more volume. He's automatically going to find himself assists and blocks probably at five plus each per game. That's what he's basically been doing so far this season on average. Was very close to a triple double the first night. And you're also not going to be able to get Shea in this $8,000 range for that much longer. He's going to be $9,000 probably within a month, a month and a half. This is a only guy in the team. He's the only guy in the team right now who's going to be commanding the ball. It has been a very slow start for him. And even his bad games, he's 5Xing for 40 points for you. I love Shea. I love SGA on this team this year. He's going to be a monster by the end of the season just because he's the only guy in this team that honestly is really going to be an offensive weapon and somebody who's going to get after it. So Shea is definitely in play for me. After that, you can see some of these New Orleans guys. Honestly, I really can't poke them apart too much for you. I do think that Zion long-term is going to be the better fantasy point per minute producer because look, there's maybe five guys, not even that can stop Zion and maybe not even five guys are as good as him just going to the basket. But a 
it's really hard to ignore what they're both doing. You have Brandon Ingram averaging 1.22 fantasy points per minute, leading this team in right now minutes. Basically a virtual tie in usage. They're both at 28% right now, but Brandon Ingram's a big difference. He gets 34% assist percentage to Zion's just 9%. Assists are worth 1.5 on DraftKings to just a 1.25 for rebounds. And the rebounding rate right now, it's not going to Zion. It's 20% for Zion on the defensive side, and it's 19% for Mr. Brandon Ingram. Zion gets more offensive rebounds for obvious reasons, being down low more. But yes, that is very interesting to see. So I prefer right now Brandon Ingram to Zion. They're basically the same price point. They're basically going to grade out the same way, but I'll take that increased assist percentage right now and potential assist that Brandon Ingram seems like he's picking up from Drew Holiday no longer being there. I'll scroll down a little bit for you now and you can see some of the rest of the early interest. Of course, I'm going to have more interest than what you're seeing on the screen, but this is just some of the stuff to start you out. We can talk about a couple of Toronto Raptors that you see on the screen right now. Kyle Lowry, who continues to be very consistent, who continues to be fairly priced. At some point, he's going to have to fall apart, right? This guard has been on Toronto forever, it seems, but it has not been the case so far this year, playing the second most minutes on Toronto with 111 minutes, a 23% usage rate, and a team leading by far 38% assist percentage. As long as that assist percentage is going to be up, Fran Van Vliet's struggling a little bit right now, but still pulling a 28% assist percentage. As long as that's up, this 1.07 fantasy point per minute production out of Kyle Lowry, which leads this team out of all the starters. Chris Boucher off the bench, an insane 1.57 fantasy point per minutes in 47 minutes. But as long as that's going to be up, I do like Kyle Lowry. Now, do I like Kyle Lowry more? These other guys from New Orleans, that's where we start to kind of pick apart what your lineup looks like. I like the fact that you save some money on Kyle Lowry's salary. I do think that the ceiling is higher for both Brandon Ingram and Zion, probably Brandon Ingram being the highest and the best potential to get you to just because of that assist percentage to get you to a triple double in 60 plus points. The other guy to talk about is OJ Ananobi, who we were high on last amount. And basically what happened with OJ Ananobi is what we said. He was taking a lot of shots. He was shooting very poorly and he's always going to get you the box and steals, potentially one of, if not the best defender in the NBA right now. In this offseason, all the hype was on his offensive game coming together. And what we said was if he starts shooting the ball well, you're going to have these 40 plus point performances. Last time out there, he was only $5,200. And what happens? He started shooting the ball well. He was shooting the ball to start the season on low volume, 05 from three point range. Then he shoots 50%, but on just six shot attempts. This last time out, four of seven from three, shoots 64% from the floor overall. Now his price point is up. I don't want to chase. I don't want to make this seem like we're chasing the good shooting night because you're not going to have those good shooting nights. It's only happened one out of three times on good volume. But I do want to just say that this guy is going to be somebody who has a very sturdy floor for you at just 5,800. Just look at his box and steals numbers on the first three nights. He had five boxes of steals, stocks in the first game, right? He had two in the second game, and then he had three. That's going to give you such a big floor for somebody who's that active on the defensive end and his offensive game and offensive shot attempts are improving. So OG Ananobi on a slate that lacks value is going to also be in play for me. You're going to have Al Horford return today after it seemed like he was just wrestling in that last game, older player, shortened season, more back-to-backs, things like that, keeping that man fresh. Al Horford right now is going to be somebody who has not played a lot of minutes on this team and he has not been playing well. Just a 12% assist percentage. You're seeing a 29% defensive rebounding rate though, which by far leads his team and you're seeing a good amount of assists at 16%. So I expect the usage to come up here. His 0.9 fantasy points per minute, I assume is going to go a little bit above one and you're already seeing the minutes out of him in games that he's played. If you're going to get Al Horford playing in the upper 20s, which I'm projecting him for, and to outdo his current fantasy points per minute, which I'm projecting him for, maybe closer to 1.05, 1.1, he's going to start to look like a $6,800 player pretty quickly. So we're going to get ourselves to some Al Horford there. And then we can close it out with some other guys. Rudy Gobert right now is playing very consistent. There's really not much to say about Rudy Gobert. You're getting very similar just consistency to a guy really for like the last three years in fantasy to Nikola Vucevic. You're not going to have these massive 60, 70 point games, but you're going to continue to get yourself 40 to 50 points. And where he's priced at right now at $7,500 is just way too cheap. 94 minutes a season, a 19% usage rate, and he's averaging 1.36 fantasy points per minute. I mean, this is normal Rudy Gobert. Maybe that goes down to 1.3. But the fact that you can consistently rely on this guy to probably get you somewhere around 32 to 34 minutes. An average close to 1.3 fantasy points per minute. I like Rudy Gobert as well. Right now at the price point difference, I'd probably take Gobert to Nikola Vucevic just because he's over $1,000 cheaper to this point. So to close out a couple of New York Knicks and then some other guard values on the slate, on a slate that does lack value. Some New York Knicks right here, Alfred Payton. We kind of discussed him already in depth about his rates and things like that. I like Alfred Payton at $5,900 in this matchup, which is difficult in a low total, a decent pace game. I like him a lot more if you get no Austin Rivers and no Alec Burks being the big one because Burks is, is a usage monster off the bench. Again, Burks this season, 
so far in 82 minutes, a 25% usage rate. When he's going to be out, that's going to lead to potentially more minutes for Peyton, who's played 105 so far this year, and his 24% usage rate is going to stay sturdy or increase. So that's where I'm going to be going with Peyton if he's in. The 1.35x super draft multiplier could probably stay away from. And then Mitchell Robinson. I played him last time out. He wasn't terrible. He got like 27 points. Mitchell Robinson has played the third most minutes on this team. This is a guy who has usually dealt with foul trouble. He's been pretty good this year with foul trouble. And he's going to be somebody who benefits a lot more once this very hot streak, right? Every single rebound Julius Randle is grabbing. Every single assist he's getting, right? Once this hot streak cools down a little bit, I don't think that Julius Randle has to just become a terrible basketball player, right? He's going to regress back to a good, to a elevated player because his game does look better, but he's not going to be dropping 60 a night. I don't think we think Julius Randle is going to be a $10,000 plus player. Maybe he is. Maybe he becomes the Andre Drummond from two years ago and every single night he's giving you 55 to 65 points. Just based on this small sample of guys who have actually been able to do that, I'm going to say that Mitchell Robinson at 5,600, look, if he's going to continue to play these minutes, very good minutes in the upper 20s, potentially going to play 30 when he does stay out of foul trouble, which he's been good at this year. He's going to start picking up massive fantasy points. And that's not even taking into account the massive upside he has just when he starts to block people. Averaging right now three and a half blocks per game, it's just absolutely nutty so far this year. He has a 17% defensive rebounding rate. Mitchell Robinson is going to be a slate breaker a couple times a year on a small slate where a lot of people are probably going to hop over to Julius Randle. is a nice leverage spot for you. And then I said we lack a lot of value. Of course, you can find some guys projected for like 16 to 18 points in the three or 4K range. I don't really have to talk about all those guys. Guys I do think have some upside. Seth Curry's been playing big minutes, third most on the Sixers so far this season. He's averaging 0.86 fantasy points per minute. And if I give him these big minutes that he's playing, he starts to pop off at 5,400 as a value. Of course, he's going to rely on his shooting, which has been really good. And it's probably going to regress him, which is a concern. A 70% true shooting percentage this season. I don't know how much we can trust that, but he is also picking up points from assists 20% so far this year. So becoming more of a distributor on this team. He's going to look like good value. And then the final guy that we can talk about is going to be Mr. George Hill from the Oklahoma City Thunder. George Hill, I believe, missed the last game. He says that he's probable to be playing in this game. You're going to get even more of a smaller sample out of George Hill because look, this team has only played three games. Now George Hill's missed a game. Very similar stuff to what you're getting out of Mr. Al Horford. So this is going to be a guy so far the season who's played 49 minutes, about 25 minutes per game coming off the bench. Maybe if you see him starting, looks even better, but he's averaging right now a 22.8% usage rate. That's the second highest on the team, only behind Shea. So when he's not on the court with Shea, he's that dude. He is the guy on this team that's controlling the offense. He has a 21% assist percentage. Again, the second highest on the team so far this season. Do not expect the 1.3 fantasy point per minute production out of George Hill to contain. You should be happy with one fantasy point per minute. If you're getting one fantasy point per minute out of him today in 24 or 25 minutes at $4,700, as of right now of this recording at 730 in the morning on the East Coast, that is going to be very good for you. So that's where some value lies. Again, early on, the value is not there. I suspect it will open up. We can talk about that at 4 p.m. if some opens up by them on the live stream. So like, big old subscribe button. If you stuck around to the end, my goal is to get to by tomorrow. And we can talk about it on the live stream by tomorrow, 35,000 subscribers. We need about 70 more. Let's see if we can get there. Give you all a little bit of a push. Check out Patreon for the updated projections based on injury news or just to check them out for SuperDraft, for DraftKings, value rankings, and also support the sponsor of the show, SuperDraft, because if you're not, you're literally not getting the best bang for your buck in terms of the contest that you were playing. You're literally leaving money on the table. And every single day that I promote this site, more people sign up, which means if you're not signing up, you're losing out on edge. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. East Coast time. Have a happy New Year's Eve if I do not see you then. And I hope your 2021 starts off with some health, wealth, and love. Thank you, everybody, and I'll see you later on.